Have you ever felt like screaming at the top of your lungs, you're not the boss of me? Well, I have finally decided to be the boss of me, and I am too old to live like an adolescent. However, I am now partnering with my adolescence to complete my teenage journey of self-discovery. I am ready to speak my truth and rebel against authority and control. I am finally ready to stand in my power. Helen Reddy said it so beautifully. I am woman, hear me roar. Welcome to Recipe for Growth. I'm Lauren Leibowitz. Today, we're kind of going to go to a scary place where miracles reside. I had a dear friend uh, tell me that today at a spin class, that's what she said, all miracles reside in that scary place. And so today, 16 at 60, acting out is that scary place for me (laughs) because I'm feeling 16 at 60. So that's on our menu today, and we're going to take a look at what it feels like to experience adolescence in your adult years, and I'm going to be sharing that firsthand. Our RFG newsletter, Ingredients for Living, is now available. Become a Recipe for Growth Insider and receive my favorite tasty recipes, RFG updates, new product promotions, and the ingredients for living your best life, delivered right to your inbox. You'll find the link right in the show description. See you there. As you know, adolescence is a critical and important time in our personal growth, and its purpose is to develop knowledge, skills, and to also learn to manage emotions, relationships, and acquire attributes and abilities that will be important in assuming our adult roles. But most importantly, it is the search for your own individual identity to be you, just who you are, not dictated by other people's beliefs of how you should be or society's dictation of how you should behave or be, but you discovering your own identity. But I want to ask you this, what if you never got to experience this important growth step at the appropriate time of development? Well, that was me. I am living proof of not experiencing that important time of development. The reason I didn't experience the adolescence at my appropriate time is that trauma entered my life at that time and everything shut down. In my adult years, I'm wanting to go back and do some exploration. So I'm glad you're with me and we can do some exploration together. But before we get started and get to the heart of the topic, I found a yummy confection that pairs well with the theme, and that is snickerdoodles. I just like the way that sounds. A snickerdoodle is a crinkly topped cinnamon sugar cookie. It's so delicious and yummy, and it's such a cute word with a funny sounding name. It hits my adolescent funny bone every time, so I thought it would be the perfect pairing. So we're going to go into the kitchen and start baking our snickerdoodles. But I just wanted to remind you that for the snickerdoodle recipe and all other recipes on the show, you can go to the show notes and see all the recipes and some other little charming bits of information that I will post there. Can you feel the heat? That's right, because we're on our way to the kitchen. Okay, so these are the dry ingredients for the snickerdoodles is the first step. So already in the bowl here, I have almond flour, 
coconut flour, we're going to add our cream of tartar. As I mentioned earlier, it's the cream of tartar that makes a difference in the snickerdoodle as opposed to a sugar cookie. We have some cinnamon and we're gonna have some baking soda. Why do they call it baking soda? There's no soda in it. And then we're gonna have some uh, sea salt. Oh, I love the sea salt. It's kind of a salt, it's Celtic salt, but it's also a form of sea salt. And now we're gonna put that all together here. And then uh, stand by because I'm gonna get the uh, wet ingredients together too. Okay, you can see there's our wet mixture of the egg, coconut sugar, and grass-fed butter, or you could use coconut oil. And um, this is for after we put the dough in the refrigerator for about 30 minutes. We're going to roll the dough balls into coconut sugar and cinnamon, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And this is the dry ingredients that you saw me put together. And we're gonna add this dry ingredient into this lovely mixture. What do you see there? What is that? That is a, a ladle with batter. You know where that's going. That's going in my little taste test. So here's our dough, and we're gonna just wrap that, cover the lid of this bowl, and pop it into the refrigerator for about 30 minutes. But mama's gonna get a little taste of that. Yum! My mother used to say, a watch pot never boils, so I'll meet you back at the studio. All right, so let's get to our topic. And I just wanted to share with you about my own adolescence a bit to see if that perhaps resonates with any of you. My adolescent years were not like most teenagers who are developing emotionally and socially at that time. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I experienced trauma during my adolescent years, which halted and affected the natural progression of my growth. And now at 60, and I must say a fabulous 60, which is the new 40, I think. <laughs> I am feeling a little bit resentful for not having that adolescent experience, which has such important information to glean from it. I don't know if you know it when you go through it, but uh, later on in your life, you will know how important that self-discovery is. And I know how important it is now not having that opportunity to be rebellious. Let me ask you this. Let's pose a question. How many of you, the show of hands, and I can see all of you, how many of you kind of feel the same way I do, that you perhaps never fully got to live a rebellious, angst-driven adolescence? And what I mean by that is an acting out phase of your life. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but what I do know is that I'm in the middle of exploring it. So think back to your adolescence. Were you rebellious? Did you want to assert your voice, your power? Did you dye your hair? Did you want to run away from home? Did you get a piercing against your parents' wishes? Were you promiscuous? I did none of the above, but for me, it's not about doing some thing, some of the things I just mentioned. However, what I want to experience now, I don't want to experience the thing, the piercing, being promiscuous, rebelling against my parents. My parents are deceased, so that is crossed off my list. But I do, however, want to experience a certain feeling that I think may accompany the thing that adolescents choose to do to gain their independence of self, to find their, their self. And it's a feeling of being independent, financially independent also, and knowing that I am capable of caring for myself out in the world. Look, I, I don't want to paint a picture that uh, I didn't 
do anything to experience the world. Like I did have lots of jobs, but I somehow felt that I wasn't able to care for myself in the world. If you're feeling anything similar, just bear with me. I know this may be a, a tough topic to talk about, but but that's what we're here for together. Remember, we're, we're here holding hands and I don't necessarily have all the answers, but I, I can help you realize that you're not alone and that may be helpful as a beginning place to start. If you are like me and never really experienced your adolescence the way we are, we're talking about here, then maybe you also have a similar experience from one of your parents, whether it's your father or your mother. Mine came from my mother. She was the more dominant parent growing up. And she gave me several messages. One in particular was that I had to lean on others, primarily a man, to care for myself. And I never got that other message of learning to be self-reliant, learning to take care of yourself financially. Let's say you were in a relationship with your husband, a boyfriend, and your partner got sick. So what do you do then? What about having finances to help in a dire situation? I never got that message to also think of myself and take care of myself. And I think that's a big handicap. If you are a mother who has teenage children and they're going through this particular part of their life, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for your teenage son or daughter to experience this separation of self from the parent and to learn to be strong within themselves. I guess that's my whole feeling about um, I, I, I don't have children, but I know that I would make a different choice if I had children based on what I experienced growing up, how important it is to have tools to be the best you you can be in the world. And then you go out with your arrows and quiver out in the world and you test out your tools. Let's face it, we're all going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes. It's all a learning process, no matter where you are. But to not be so handicapped as an adult by missing out on a very important growth step. It's not too late to wake up to that and to be aware of what's not working for you and to craft a plan of action to change the outcome because that's what it's all about. We can have so many platitudes of you can, we will, let's do, and that's helpful. But what's most helpful is to craft a blueprint, a plan, a step-by-step -step process that will help you feel more confident in treading in unfamiliar territory and that is the best tool I can give you, is to craft a plan for yourself. I don't have a magic wand to wave for an easy solution. And the solution is primarily to do the work, your inner work. What I can offer you is something to help you get started. But what's most important about getting started is what's compelling you to make that shift. Is there something inside of you that's asking you to change? I feel better that you're there knowing we're not alone and we can do this together. And if you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at hello at recipeforgrowthshow.com. I'd love to hear how you're doing, what you're doing, why you can't do it, because I'm basically someone who wants to solve things, to find a solution. There's no right or wrong way to do any of this, but finding the best solution, crafting the best plan that fits you and your desire to be who you want to be. A dear friend told me the other day, she says, Lauren, remember not to be so hard on yourself. 
I am the poster child for hard on yourself. That is me. So just wanted to put that out there. And that you're human. We're here on this planet to experience the human condition. We're here to learn and and grow. So brava to all of you for realizing what's to come. You'll say, Lauren, wow, that really resonates with me, what you're talking about. I'm so right there. I'm just so right there. That's wonderful. Hold on to that. Hold on to that impetus to move forward quickly. But what I want to ask of you right now is to slow it down and also to call on your, I like to call it your circle of influence or your circle of support. Those friends, family members that you have in your life that support you no matter what, because this is a big change. This is huge. So you want to feel secure, comforted that there are people who have your back, who are behind you spiritual leaders or anyone you feel a connection to who can support you in helping you discover what's best for you. And once you organize this circle, ask for help. I learned many years ago, it had to do with an event that I was putting together for the Alzheimer's Association because my mother passed away from Alzheimer's and I didn't have any money to do it. But I wanted to do an evening of comedy because I did stand-up comedy and I always felt, for me, having a sense of humor or using my humor during a difficult time was always so beneficial for me that it kind of lifted the load a little bit of the ominous feeling that life sometimes presents us when things get a little too difficult. So make sure you have your circle of influence, your circle of support, because sometimes when we're emotionally involved in a situation, we are so unable to think clearly and we tend to react to what we're dealing with rather than respond. And we want to come from a place of responding. So if you feel that you're in a particular place right now where your emotions are high and you want to react to it instead of respond, just take a moment, exhale, breathe in, exhale, take your time. And ask yourself, what's the best way to respond to this situation? You will get a much better solution. And as I continue to do my own inner work, it is daily. It never ends. I'm learning so much about myself. I'm a curious person, and it seems like you are as well. I can can feel that. That's good. And that's where we need to be, sitting in our power, as we move through all areas of our life. So when we sit in stillness, It also helps clear out the outside noise and the detritus of life. So let's take a moment to explore 10 seconds of mindfulness. I recommend doing this practice daily as a start to know what it feels like and to experience being still and to listen inside. Just be still, close off all the noise for 10 seconds. My dear friend, Cindy Goldenberg, who is the host of her own podcast called Confessions of a Clairvoyant Housewife, gave me this story that um, a young man had told her that I wanted to share with you. It's this 10 seconds of mindfulness. So let's hear some of the parameters in doing this 10 seconds of mindfulness. You're going to set your smartwatch or an alarm on your iPhone or your Android with a little alert that goes off every hour. And when that hour strikes, you just stop everything. Stop everything you're doing and just stop and connect with your breath. Place both hands over your heart and press into your heart so you can feel it. You can feel your breath 
You can feel love, you can feel joy, you can feel awareness, you can feel a breeze, and just be mindful that it is time to just be aware. There's no need to release anything. Just be still and get a feeling for what that feels like. Is fear coming to the surface? Is doubt? How is your body responding to these feelings? And if they do come to the surface, don't dwell on them, but say, thank you for showing up and let it go, release it. Because in this 10 seconds of mindfulness, it's time to be aware and take a breath of gratitude and to realize that wherever you are in your life, even if you feel you're taking a step back, like experiencing your adolescence in your adult years, it's all good because it's all part of your own recipe for growth. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of you in holding that place for me to discover, along with you, my recipe for growth. I would have thought I would have figured it out by now. And I just realized that I, too, am not just taking one or two steps back, but it's like a whole leap backwards, getting to the root of what is keeping me stuck. And what I've decided to do, being 16 at 60, is to finally tell myself what I've just told you. I want to live my life my way. Before we go, let's wrap things up in the kitchen and take a look at our snickerdoodles. Welcome back. The snickerdoodle. I didn't want to leave you out of this taste test because it's going to be delicious. Here we go. Ooh, chewy. I think that's the secret ingredient of the cream of tartar. And it's not even a cream. Oh, but the cinnamon, it's perfect. It's a perfect pairing for acting out at 16. At 60. Enjoy. I didn't expect to feel some things on this particular episode of 16 at 60. Thank you for taking me down this road. I hope it has been insightful for you. I want to thank you for listening to Recipe for Growth and for joining me today and to remind you that the recipe for the snickerdoodles and all other recipes on this podcast can be found in the show notes at recipeforgrowthshow.com. Did the snickerdoodles come out well? Please share everything that you're experiencing and even aspects of your growth. I would like to be on that with you. So you can email us at hello at recipeforgrowthshow.com. Join me for Recipe for Growth and follow on your favorite podcast app. Remember, keep an open mind and an open heart. I'm the friendly voice who's got your back, saving you a spot right at the table.